You're listening to The Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. interesting guy. He's very well established. Um, Peter. <laughs> oh God. That sounded really good too. Really excited to welcome the seventh guest on the show today. He's a very unique, interesting guy. Um, very established, better healer yes. here in Dubai and um, he gives a lot of value to the community and witnesses many miracles in the process. So I'd like to welcome Mr. James Rudolph. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the, the time you spent with me today and uh, um, appreciate what you're doing with, your, with the book and this uh, project here. It's very important to kind of slow down uh, this hustle and bustle and stressful life that people lead especially in Dubai or any uh, metropolitan area to take time out in a very healthy and safe way to address these issues that you're addressing in the book. Very important. Um, so it's called High Vibes. Yeah. And um, it's a yoga studio. The concept here is a little different. Um, I spent a year and a half, two years in the Dubai healing scene. I uh, worked at one of the leading um, healing centers as a data healer, data practitioner. Um, and so I wanted to strike out on my own, uh, resonate with my own energy and project that onto Dubai because as, as we'll talk about more later in the program, a lot of what we do is as individual theta practitioners or any energetic healer or holistic healing, um, our vibration and our energy we send out attracts those clients that can benefit us most. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to um, really resonate with the clients I wanted to attract and continue to work with the clients I had. So we, I established high vibes here in Barsha Heights. Okay. James, take us back. Tell us where it all started. Where did your healing journey start? Um, I remember the uh, moment pretty clearly. I was a um, EMS helicopter pilot in West Virginia, and I was flying a, for a hospital out of uh, Huntington, West Virginia. And uh, we had a, a very severe uh, critical patient. And um, Judging by my uh, nurse, flight nurse and medic, it didn't look like he was going to make it. And um, so what I would do uh, as I'd fly, but also I'd work a lot with um, prayerful intention and um, sending him healing energy, uh, talking to him even though he's uh, unconscious as if he is conscious. I did that with a lot of patients to keep it very positive, make him feel safe and um, also let them know that um, they can receive uh, the energy of a, a healing energy or posit- a positive prayer or prayer intention, uh, even though they're, subcon- they're unconscious and they're subconscious the only thing they can hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I did this many times and uh, witnessed a lot of miracles. Um, and uh, this one incident uh, struck was very profound. Um, the the patient actually passed, but um, in the helicopter I flew, the, the patient was right next to me in the left seat on a stretcher. I was in the right seat, and then the rest of my crew was behind me. And um, I felt a about exactly like two minutes of absolute euphoria, and um, almost like a transmortification or a feeling of complete um, holiness as his soul and spirit left his body. Um, I did a lot of research after that um, 
and that's kind of what gave me the uh, confidence and more of the certainty um, to do that more and more with just setting a prayerful intention and uh, talking to those clients um, or patients, if you will, as, um, as I flew with them or worked with them and just made sure they were um, feeling loved, feeling supported, uh, and um, were receiving a very strong intention. And uh, it where seemed did, to work. Where did the prayerful intention originate from? Was that from your religious beliefs? Yeah, I was or, raised, right. Or was it from previous exposure to kind of alternative therapy practices? There, there was no previous exposure. Um, at that time, I was, I was raised Catholic, and um, I was, uh, I'd gone through a rough period in my time, a lifetime transition um, for about a two-year period. It was very, Philip, take another hour to discuss but um, so I had a renewed faith, and I was just reading the, the New Testament and reading different um, interpretations and meditations um, on prayer, and um, connected to those. And just it was really just a simple interpretation of um, Jesus in the New Testament saying, um, "Just as I have done, so can you." And of these, you'll do much greater. Uh, things than I, and having the intention, having the full faith, you know, having the faith of a mustard seed to move that mountain, and um, so I worked on that quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, did a lot of self-care as well, a lot of um, weightlifting, uh, as well as yoga, and a lot of, a lot of uh, extreme period, long periods, hours of meditation, and just uh, clearing the mind, and just relaxing the body, and focusing on the breath. So it came all of that came about from that. It's interesting because whilst you're still relatively new on your spiritual journey, well, this was actually eleven years ago. Ah, uh, okay. So then I took a hiatus, um, flew in Afghanistan as a contractor helicopter pilot um, for five years there, and that's and then from here then I came here to Dubai mm -hmm. to work as another. I have another contract with the. Uh, government of Dubai here. And uh, that's when I got into, I started with Reiki, became a Reiki master, worked with a lot of yoga instructors and um, a lot of Reiki uh, meetup groups, and then found Theta. And Theta resonated with me very strongly. And after about seven months, I, a dear friend of mine owns a, uh, or she became a friend because we did a class together, and she, um, saw my talent and wanted me to be her, the Theta practitioner for her wellness center. Since you discovered Theta and you've embraced it into your life and you've become a practitioner, you've become very established as a healer in yeah. Dubai. Mm -hmm. It's quite phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's quite phenomenal really, like, you know, the, uh, the rate at which you you know, you have progressed and advanced in right. relation to your healing. Can you tell us about the journey? Yeah, it Talk was... Talk through the process and any challenges or, you know, yeah. in relation to yourself and... Well, it was very much a... You know, I, I, yes, I wanted to be a Theta practitioner and I fell in love with the idea of uh, healing others. And Theta provided a real, concrete, scientific way and a roadmap and a disciplined way to do that. Um, also, um, as they say, heal or heal thyself, I found I was healing myself of lifetime baggage I was carrying around, uh, resentments and grudges from a tumultuous childhood, which everyone has. Um, a lot of um, doubt and uh, energy blocks built up in my physical body and even my energetic body from all the combat and the trauma I've seen as a marine pilot, as an EMS pilot, and, and then five years in Afghanistan. So it was a journey of truth for me, as well as becoming that um, able practitioner to help and heal others. So it was done with uh, 
100% gusto and, and, and focus and uh, finding my own truth of really who I am and overcoming um, When you started on the journey, problems. did you feel that you were going to go on your own journey of self-discovery or did you start on it purely to help others? I originally, I uh, left Afghanistan um, after five years and met a, a dear friend of mine introduced me to a healer and I didn't know what, what, what even that was and she worked with me a lot to remove a lot of this stuck energy um, inability to express uh, emotions uh, and really um, say after such a long time in combat and, and the violence it was I cocooned myself I was becoming unemotional I was in a rut I was um, um, very unexpressive, very um, avoiding really who I was and just going through the, the motions, if you would. It wasn't a very passionate, it wasn't a genuine, how joyful did, life. How did Theta help you discover your true self? Um, what Theta, the, one of the key points of Theta healing is you work with a practitioner and for every and any physical malady or emotion or recurrent pattern, a lot of people through career, through marriage, through love, lives um, will get stuck in a rut or they're trying to get that promotion at work or they're trying to get the job they want. And what they'll notice is a repetitive cycle pattern. I, I mean, I start a relationship, I expect this, it turns out great, and then he becomes this person or she becomes that person. And it's a repetitive pattern. Or there's even pain. I've got back pain, or I've got cancer, or I've got a terminal disease. So theta would help you break that repetitive pattern. Right. What theta healing does is it, an aspect of it, which is a very big aspect and one of the key uh, ingredients to components of theta healing and, and healing an individual is going into a the individual subconscious because 90% of your subconscious mind controls who you are and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and yes you can try harder and try harder and try harder but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to break this pattern that pattern will come up again um, and 90% of that subconscious was built or established in your first seven years of life. So a lot of these things was, as a child, with a, a mother or father um, doing the best they can or not, or whatever trauma is involved, involved with that first seven years of life, is also a childlike mind interpreting events quite differently. And these create patterns, and they come up again and again. So what we do is the theta state is based on the theta brainwave, that dreamwave state. Mm. The practitioner goes into theta, pulls the client in with him or her, and then accesses those bottom beliefs and those episodes that have caused those bottom beliefs. And instantaneously, and quite like magic, these beliefs are deconstructed and the energy flows through the body. It sounds very much like inner child work within hypnosis. The, which I'm trying to do. There is an aspect of healing the inner child that can be appropriate for some classes, but theta healing is so much more expansive than that. It actually takes it elements of clearing your space energetically, removing any, um, and actually working at the cellular level. Because we're, we're... What do you mean by cellular level? Um, we work and we witness universal force, the creator, making changes for people, or actually that individual's high self or highest self, mm -hmm. allowing physical change to take place at the cellular level for that individual. And we just, the theta practitioner sets him or her up as a, as a witness for that. Mm -hmm. And we can witness um, antibodies being created. We can witness viruses being deconstructed. We can witness um, 
stem cells being created in the red and white bone marrow and, and then recreating a liver cell or a, a brain cell or mm -hmm. increasing the bone density of an individual. Mm -hmm. um, but all these, what we're, feel, what we're seeing now and science is finally catching up with this um, is that human beings are um, energetic beings and our, our repetitive thoughts become words and those repetitive words become actions and it can be positive or it can be negative so what we're doing is a lot of those repetitive thoughts come from these subconscious beliefs so where did we pick those up from did you pick them up from your mother your father or was it even a, a past life or what have you so we're we're allowing this person to pull into their consciousness in a theta state these subconscious beliefs and acknowledge the negative consciously and also delve into and expose and discover the positive elements consciously and then we just get rid of that subconscious belief. So you wipe, in a, do you essentially wipe the old subconscious negative behavior pattern out and replace it with something else? No, it's great speakers that I've trained or gone on to do good things. Um, I put a little group of us together. We meet every quarter. I call it the syndicate. It's probably 30 people now across um, various different countries who come together uh, to share best practice. And those people I would consider because uh, they're all good in their own way. Uh, some are good in property, some are good in internet marketing, some are good at social media. They're all good in their own way, although we all uniquely are speakers and presenters as well for our businesses. So, yeah, I draw inspiration from that too, yeah. What bit of advice would you give to any 18, any teenagers out there just starting their life, starting their entrepreneurial journey? Mm. Try lots of things. Mm -hmm. You're not going to know early on what's going to be your thing. So just keep on trying lots of things. Um, traditionally, the older ways of making money, they can follow those. But the new economy and the way to make money today for a lot of these people, you know, that, there is a market there for that. The, the older generation are going to say, no, no, you should do this, you should do that, follow this traditional route. And if that's for you, great. But if it's not, you know, if you're not, you know, going to be a doctor or a nurse or something very traditional if that's not your thing <clears throat> then there is there is a place for you um, in the world of entrepreneurship there's a place for you in the world of expressing your art form um, because in the world we live in today it's never been easier for people to um, create and express that and get that out um, to a wider audience than ever before and to make money from it about higher education would you encourage your children or teenagers to move on to higher education or? if they want to mm -hmm. it has to be their choice yeah. you know if you want to do it because your mum says so or your dad says so then I, I would try to challenge that and not necessarily do that just to appease someone yeah. if it's for you great you go for it mm -hmm. but there's a world of education available to you mm -hmm. online and on stages around the world mm -hmm. you know self-education can make you rich mm -hmm. Um, so as long as you've got a hunger to learn, then you know, there, there are many different places for that learning to take place other than traditional route. But if, it's, if your traditional route is what you need for your chosen professional career, then put your heart and soul into that. Do you feel that your children have been influenced by your journey and, and what you do, seeing their dad stand on stage and um, you know, helping and inspiring so many people? Do you think that's had some impact on them and the choices that they've made in their life? Well, I imagine it would. Um, but at the same time, they're all unique in their own way. And so the question might lend to believe they'd want to follow in dad's footstep or do something similar but not necessarily so they in fact potentially conversely so because all children have to find their own unique way to express their own true nature and so if dad's already taken that spot then they can't take that same spot they have to find another way um, not always. Some want to express it and be the same. Mm -hmm. um, 
but quite often children will choose an opposite route. I just think back to my early years and how I grew up with many limiting beliefs and with parents that didn't really encourage you to kind of be open and free thinking yeah. and I think now we're just living in um, times whereby parents can like give so much to their children. Mm. Well for sure but that's always that's always been the case it's always been the case it's that's nothing new um, it depends the, the question is has the parent is the parent looking to own the child and control the child in order that the child complies and is um, seen to be doing the right thing because that parent is so invested in that child having to be a certain way in order that makes the parent feel good or is the parent willing to um, realize that the child doesn't is not owned by them the child is your child needs to be free enough to express themselves in such a way that they choose to be around you which I know sounds strange for a, obviously for a younger child but as the child gets older they need the freedom to explore you know like you know, at the most simplistic level child of youngest age parent says put your coat on it's cold outside child says no I don't put my coat on and then the fourth child, the, normally the parent will force the child to wear the coat. But the easiest thing to do is not let the child wear the coat and let them experience the natural consequences of the choice. Such they learn it for themselves because unconsciously otherwise the child learns not to, not to, learn, not to trust their own instinct but actually just to trust the parent's instinct all the time which really breeds followers rather than leaders. And then, no wonder people don't know what it is they want to do with their lives. No wonder they're waiting for someone to come up and, you know, do it all for them. Because that's what's been, been happening most of their life. They learn to distrust themselves and trust somebody else. So, yes, yeah, a case of just, you know, good parenting sometimes is, is, is not, not doing anything. <laughs> good parenting sometimes is just letting it all unfold. Yeah, yeah. One last question, because I know it's lunchtime and you have to go get your lunch before you... Um, before you start again for the afternoon. Um, so many people fear public speaking and getting on stage. I've let that fear um, take over me for so many years. And it can be crippling. And, you know, is there any advice that you could give to anybody who has a desire to to stand on stage and, you know, do presentations or mm. for the business or tell a story? What, what piece of advice would you well, We all speak in public all the time. You know, people don't walk around and, you know, being muted while they're outside their own home. So people are, are talking in public all the time. The challenge is that they do something very different when they're having a conversation, you know, casually with people than when they're on the stage. I'm looking to teach people how to be, how do you, what do you naturally do? A conversation between two people, there's a natural flow, and that natural flow is one of two things. One person's asking questions, and the other person's making statements. I mean, that is it. That is what a conversation sounds like if you break it down. When people get on stage, what they tend to do is statement, 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 statement. The problem with that is unnatural. So what you have to do is insert questions. The only difference is the questions are asked by you and also answered by you. As you have interviewed me today, you did not give me these questions in advance, but I haven't any challenge answering them because we're just having a conversation. Because what questions do is they trigger content. In the same way if you put a question into Google, it brings back the best searches. Your brain does the same. If you ask it a question, it automatically answers that question. The answer bubbles to the surface. So I teach people how to insert questions into their content, like, what do I mean by X? Why do I say X? Um, what happens when you do X? Um, where wouldn't you do X? And what you're doing each time is you're asking the question that actually the audience are thinking. 
And that means they feel like there's a conversation happening, even though actually there isn't. But it feels like there is to them, and it has a natural ebb and flow to it. But the more you have to go statement after statement after statement, you're going to get fearful because you think you have to keep coming up with these pearls of wisdom. And actually it just starts to sound like a lecture and becomes quite boring anyway. So I teach people how to be conversational because when you are, you'll relax. Can you just quickly tell us about your Stand and Deliver course that you're presenting here in Dubai and what that leads on to? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we've got a, a one-day event here called Stand and Deliver, which essentially teaches people how to create uh, a presentation that serves people and also sells people, meaning it helps people to understand what it is you do, why you do it, and then how you can help them with the solution you've created, but you build a presentation around it. So it's all about giving first, given you shall receive, uh, and building a presentation that uh, positions you as an authority for your area of speciality, mm -hmm. such that other people want to buy from you either immediately at the end of your talk or soon after. Mm -hmm. And I've attended the four-day event um, that this Stand and Deliver event led on to, and I can testify how amazing that was. I really Thank enjoyed you. that. But it wasn't just the event, it was the people that I met at the event sure. and the connections that I made and, and what we've done with that. And the coaches and mentors that I brought there to guide you? They were incredible. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a good team. Fantastic, fantastic coaches and mentors that you have. If you'd like to um, look Andy up, he'll be, he's available on all social media channels. Just type in his name and you'll uh, you'll find him. Andy, thank you so much for taking time out of your very it's been a pleasure. busy schedule. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. So we can hold much more, 15, 20 people in a an instructional instructional setting, um, or a, a workshop, or a, a, a informational talk, and we've got the kitchen here, and uh, obviously easy to cater, easy to. Uh, provide the, the needs of that instructor or that modality instructor that wants to get instruct clients and get that word out. And they've got the freedom to charge what they will, knowing that the overhead is probably the most reasonable we could, that could possibly make sense for anybody here working in the bar. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic. So the focus of this season is mental health. Okay. How can better healing, theta healing, how can it help individuals that experience depression, right. anxiety? Right. It's, um, it's, unfortunately life, life is life and we find ourselves um, going through life and sometimes life is good and sometimes life is bad and a lot of people will say well that's just the way my life is or that's just the way my life turned out um, because no matter how many new diets motivations experiences they try they're not feeling connected they're feeling isolated they're feeling disoriented or dischanted with their their life or their life experience they in in their heart of hearts they know they're not happy in their heart of hearts they know they feel isolated or misunderstood mm -hmm. and a lot of people when that happens they'll look out and see loving relationships and say I want that but I guess I don't deserve that or he's no better or she's no better than me or talented but look at her career path, look at his career path. Why, why is that not happening to me? And so that creates this, it's not a pity party, it's just a part of hearts knowing there's a disconnect between what these people truly want and, can ex and, and want to achieve in their life and their ability to achieve it. And sometimes you need help and you need to access these subconscious beliefs, these things you cannot see that are preventing you from achieving health, a healthy life, a, a happy physical body that's pain-free, a balanced, emotionally um, 
mature lifestyle where you're, yes, you can get, have anger issues, be angry or disappointed and, and be sad, but you shouldn't stay there. You should also be, have a joy and excitement and happiness. And it, because life is that, life is a balance of all these things. Mm-hmm. So we bring that balance back. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, also opens up the client's perspective to get away from judgment, get away from reactions that have become habit based on resentment, hatred, anger, fear, confusion, doubt. And they know it's like a veil between what they want to achieve and they see it. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to pierce this veil. And hard work hasn't worked, and discipline hasn't worked. And these people maybe and overworking at the gym and becoming that perfect type A detail-oriented personality hasn't worked. And in fact, the harder they work, the more they feel isolated and disenchanted. In the broad population, there's very everyone's different. Everyone's had these. Um, depending on what caused it and what their trigger was in their life story and, and who they are as a unique individual. It's, it's unleashing those and unlocking those and, and letting that out and, and allowing the client to see that and consciously evaluate in a very safe, loving, um, tender way to access these limitations and, and turn their life around and get rid of that baggage that pile of rocks they were carrying on their back and you know when you're 20 and 25 or 30 mm-hmm. you can carry that baggage mm-hmm. and so we get all ages coming to us for for that healing whether it, it could be a, a, a child a teenager um, or someone is you know in their 40s or 50s just trying to get through that next stage of life um, with a lot more uh, loving, kindness, acceptance, and finding their authentic self and coming to, coming to terms with their truth mm-hmm. and really what they can accomplish. How many sessions do you need? It's, it's so dependent on the individual. Um, sometimes one is enough. Um, sometimes one uncovers what the big piece and then that practitioner will guide that client whether it's going to be two sessions or three sessions but and also it's the client on how they feel mm-hmm. a lot of these clients feel so incredible and they came for a specific reason and that reason was solved and now they're happy to go on mm-hmm. so it's, it's up to the individual everyone's unique mm-hmm. um, Obviously, as a practitioner, we do many sessions so we can build our intuitive and psychic abilities, our medical intuitive abilities, our psychic abilities. Do you do all your own person sessions from here now? Yes, yes. Okay, fantastic. Anything else you want to ask? I didn't spit it out. No, that was good. Anything else? We need to bring it to a close. I have to do the intro again as well. Okay. Um, so, is there anything else? Let me just give like a, 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 a 10 second what high vibes does, like a real yeah. okay. short. Okay. James, give us. It's <laughs> <laughs> alright. Okay. Um, James, quickly explain what High Vibes does and what is it about? High Vibes is building a cost-accessible community. Um, High Vibes is building... What? No hands? No, 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 no. No, hands are great. Hands are great. Expressive. I was going to go one, two, three. Okay. Okay. Let's begin. One, Um, two, three. James. In 10 seconds, no, not in 10 seconds. No. James, give us a brief account of what High Vibes is and what it stands for and what it's all about. High Vibes allows the instructor or that practitioner of 
the yoga or any other healing modality or type of meditation to have access to our space to either instruct or provide a service to the overall community. And the goal here is for that instructor, that modality teacher, to keep a majority of their money that they've worked for to develop this for themselves. And then allow that then, that cost savings be transferred to the community and build awareness throughout the community of people that are curious but have never been exposed to this and want to learn more. It's longer than 10 seconds. I want you to do that again. One, keep it brief. Yeah, one, two, three. So High Vibes provides yoga instructors or any other modality healer to come here, use our space very inexpensively and keep the majority of their money and their profits for themselves as they instruct. Overall, the goal is to make this accessible to the overall community, to allow people with no um, understanding or exposure to healing, to all the different modalities out there, to get exposure through free meditations, free talks, free workshops, Mm -hmm. and in a very safe and easy way, expand their knowledge on what's available, and then hopefully find it here to to choose a modality and um, explore different modalities, whether that be yoga or healing, or theta healing, or a, a half a dozen other modalities that are available. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for setting up this space. That was a lot better, yeah. It, yeah, it really is incredible what you've achieved here, and there's definitely a need for something, a studio like this in Dubai. Thank you very um, much. You know, 100%, and I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to attending some of the sessions. In fact, you have a session tonight. Yes, we do. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. we do a meditation. It's free, open to the public. And um, we it's just a very um, powerful and uh, unique meditation. And everyone's welcome to come in and see what we're about. What was that time? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 8 till 9. Right. Okay, amazing. Every Tuesday. James, if you could do anything differently, if you could go back in time and do anything differently in your life, mm. would you change anything? You know, uh, a couple of years ago, I would have said yes. Um, but now with all the, the work I've done on myself and the inner healing and my journey with Theta, I don't think I would be a so passionate and thorough of a, as a Theta healer if I didn't go through these crushing blows and near-death experiences and all the combat and all the various trauma I witnessed or experienced or experienced firsthand. It's made me, as in anyone's life, it made the journey. It's enriched it. It made it um, that much more sweeter to come here now where I am and able to be a a Theta practitioner and, and witness the healing of people. It's, it's made my life much more meaningful and, uh, and beautiful. Thank you for your time again. And any healers out there, practitioners, get yourself down to this space. It really is incredible. Thank you. Could give one bit of advice to anybody out there who's struggling with anxiety, depression. What would that be? Stop blaming yourself. Everybody will go through this in some level sooner or later and try to acknowledge it and stop trying to normalize it or comparing yourself to other people. Address it, be honest with yourself and know that there's people out there with that can heal you, that love you, that will do it in a safe, real uh, manner and that life is beautiful and life is joyful and if you're not feeling that you owe it to yourself to um, find people that can make you better and it, it's not going to go away doing the same thing over and over again and you just need to get away from the judgment the guilt and the shame and see that 
everyone sooner or later will go through some aspect and level of this at a stage in their life. And um, it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of courage to do that. But it truly isn't their fault and they can they can get better. And healing is available now. And we know so much more than we've ever known. And people are healing so much faster and turning around a, and leading balanced, loving, normal lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much thank you. for being a guest. Thank you.